welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. by way of internet tonight. Amen. May the Lord richly bless you. And uh, thank you for participating in this service this evening. We're glad you're here. Amen. If you're part of the church body or if you are a visitor, God bless you very much. Amen. Tonight I'm going to direct your attention to the book of Genesis, the fifth chapter, the sixth chapter of the book of Hebrews, the eleventh chapter of the book of Hebrews, also, the book of Jude, uh, verses 14 and 15. So, Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 and 2, 3, and 4. The Bible says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. Everybody say Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And verse 24 says, And Enoch walked with God. Everybody say, He walked with God. And He was not, for God took him. In Hebrews, the sixth chapter, verse 1, the writer says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on, everybody say go on, unto perfection. Hebrews 11 chapter verse 5, the Bible says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had what? He had a testimony that he pleased God. Then he goes on and says this, but without faith... It's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Over in Jude, the 14th and 15th verse, it says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of His saints to execute judgment on all to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Can I read that again? Amen. Verse said, uh, the latter part of verse 14, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints 
to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Sounds to me like there's going to be a reckoning day. Amen. And it's already happened many times in the Old Testament. There was a day of judgment, a day that they had to pay a price. Amen. And this is no different than that day. Amen. When the wickedness comes up before God, you can, you can bank on it. Then there's going to be something that's going to happen. So let's pray. We've been standing a lot tonight. So let's pray and ask God to help us for the next few moments. Lord God, we thank you once again. Amen. For your goodness, your mercy, your loving kindness that you've so graciously shown to us. And I pray, God, for the next little bit, amen, that your word will find a, a, a resting place in our hearts and our minds, that we would receive it with gladness. And Lord, that it would just kind of prod us along and help us along our way on this journey, living for you, knowing that one day you are going to come for your church and we must be ready, amen, because it's going to come at a time and an hour that we think not. Amen. So we must be prepared. So bless us tonight, I pray, in Jesus' wonderful name. And let everybody say amen. Would you clap your hands one more time before you're seated? Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. Somebody came to me today, Sister Friend, and they told me that you wanted to give a praise report tonight. And... uh, and they were asking me about it, and I said, well, I said, uh, uh, she deserves all the time she can get. She's been in this way for a long time, been pastor's wife for many, many years, amen, raised a family in the kingdom of God, and uh, so, amen, she's more than welcome to say, amen, whatever she likes, and I like to hear that. Of course, uh, her son, she's talking about, uh, I only knew him as Mickey. You know, I mean, I probably heard Michael down the road down then, but Mickey was his, uh, uh, was his name to all of us. And so uh, uh, many, many years. I'll be 61, and I've known him for a long time. And so we're praying for him that there will be complete healing in Jesus' name. Praise God. The writer of Hebrews encourages us to go on. Everybody say, go on. Amen. But... We look at progress. Progress in one's spiritual life demands that we admit that there is more than what we as individuals presently possess. Right? Amen. I cannot live for God on my own. I've got to have His help. Amen. If I'm going to do right, I've got to have Jesus in my life so that He can lead and guide me and I will do things right. It requires that we leave the present comforts and securities, and sometimes we have to venture into the unknown. We don't like that. We like to feel like we're in control. We like to feel like we possess the power and the authority of our lives. But I might submit to you tonight that if you really want to get anywhere with God, sometimes you have to take that step of faith. Sometimes you've got to venture out into the unknown, and you just got to say, God, I don't know what I'm facing right now, But Lord, you know. Everybody say, God knows. And often it causes us to you and calls for us to walk in opposition to the social norms and the culture, amen, that we live among. 
their standards, the way they do things, the way they think we ought to do things. Sometimes the laws that they make, amen, to try to get us to uh, succumb to their authority and their power. Amen. And I'm not, dicta- I'm not, I'm not telling you, uh, amen, to rebel against them. I'm just telling you uh, that the Word of God is what I look to. Uh, and if it's against the Word of God, amen, then I'm against it. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Let me say it again. If it's against the Word of God, I'm against it. Amen. So sometimes living for God is going to call you, let me say it again, to walk in opposition to the social norms and the cultural standards of our time. Enoch, whose whose name means dedicated, was born during the 622nd year of Adam's 930-year lifespan. And the Bible says he was 65 and Adam was 687 years young. When Methuselah was born. Now if you know and have heard of Methuselah and did your Bible reading, you will know that Methuselah ended up being the oldest to live at 969 years of age. Folks, that's almost a millennium. That's almost a thousand years. But it is then, the Bible says, that Enoch's life takes on this tremendous significance. And according to our reading in Genesis, the fifth chapter, and verse 22, the Bible says that Enoch began to walk with God after the birth of Methuselah. What was responsible for the change in Enoch's life? What caused him to begin to walk with God in the first place? Was it a result of maybe Adam's influence in his life? Had his grandfather, Mahalaliel, whose name means praising God, stirred Enoch maybe with his praise? Again, what motivated Enoch to walk with God for 300 years after the birth of Methuselah? For you see, when you look at the environment of that day and time, Just one chapter later, God looked in Genesis 6-5, saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. I got a question tonight. How does a society come to such a place and such a condition where the wickedness of that society rises up before God and God takes note? How does a person or how does a people or how does a nation or how does a world, a man, fall so low? I will tell you how. The first step toward hideous idolatry is the forsaking of God. And I'm here to warn you as a church and I'm here to warn those that are watching by way of internet and anybody else that will listen. Amen. We are living in a country that is coming to a place uh, to where they are forsaking God. Amen. Christianity is, as, as they would say, uh, is not what it used to be. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, a nation uh, that forsakes God uh, is a nation, uh, amen, that's on their way, uh, amen, to destruction and desolation. The first step, let me say it, is your hideous uh, uh, stroll down the streets to idolatry by forsaking God. Amen. So many people today have so many idols in their life. So many things going on in their life 
They don't have time for God. They don't have time for church. They don't have time for religion. They don't have time to read the Bible. They don't have time to pray. Amen. All they got time for is what they want to do. But they never take time, amen, out for what they really need to do. And I'm telling you, when you go down that street, you're heading the same way our country is and the world is. Amen. You're heading to a place where God will no longer be the center focus in your life and sooner or later the love of God will fall away and your love for the world will be the only thing that remains. Amen. A society must dethrone God before it can enthrone self. I'm telling you right now in this world, in this country right now, that's exactly what we're doing in the United States of America. We are in the process of dethroning God. Amen. We're, we're just kind of selling out to everything else and God's taking a back seat if he's got a seat at all. A lot of people don't, don't even think about God. In fact, more and more people are speaking out against God and speaking out against Christianity and speaking out about against family members, amen, that think about God. More and more you're finding that, that as they dethrone God, they are going to enthrone themselves. While man takes the first step, amen, to dethrone God, evil takes the second step. I'm not afraid to tell you tonight that if you don't keep your mind focused on God and you don't keep your mind focused on the things of God, amen, there's going to be something else, amen, that's going to come into your life that will lead you astray and lead you away from the things of God. Because when you, amen, take that first step to dethrone God, evil will take that next step. The next thing you will know, morality will be out the door. Amen. Like nature. Amen. When you have morality in nature, amen, they hate a vacuum. Amen. They hate a vacuum. Amen. Something's going to take its place. When any belief is expelled, one is not left with neutrality. Amen. There's nothing neutral. When you put it out and expel it, it's not just going to be a neutral territory. No. The devil is going to fill it with something. Amen. Something's going to enter in. Amen. I'm here to tell you anytime a worldview is evicted, another will take its place. Read your history and you'll find in times past there are countries in this present world that Christianity was flourishing. Amen. But as they went in and started dethroning God and making themselves the God. Amen. The next thing you know, Christianity became a target. Amen. And they did everything they could to drive it underground or drive it into extinction. But I'm here to tell you not the church of God will not, amen, sit idly by. And the church of God God will not be defeated. Amen. Even though the gates of hell might come against it. Amen. Our God is still on the throne. He will raise up a standard against it. The church will be successful. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you start slacking on your relationship with God, I promise you something else is going to take its place. Listen to me tonight. 
You may not think this is necessary, but the day and time we're living in, just open up your eyes, open up your ears. You're going to see it and you're going to hear it. Amen. Don't think that we live in a safe country. Amen. I love the United States of America. It's the greatest country in the world. I'm telling you right now, it still is. But I'm also here to tell you some things are changing fast. Amen. And they're becoming more aggressive with it. Amen. So don't stop for a moment and think, well, I'll get serious about this thing down the road. Amen. I'm here to tell you, you better get serious about it now. Amen. Because God's taking notice uh, and the same wickedness that came up before him uh, back in Enoch's day uh, and back in Noah's day uh, and back in Sodom and Gomorrah's day uh, is the same wickedness uh, that's rising before him today so don't think uh, for one moment that his judgments will not come in the days of Manasseh when Israel abandoned God what took place they abandoned God and she made way, Israel made way for things like Molech, the god of the Ammonites, where the silence of the Jerusalem night was broken by the screams of Jewish children who were being bound to the altars or rolled into the sacrificial fires of the brazen arms of Molech. Amen. They say even they would play the drums. I went, read one place where they played the drums so loud to try to drown the screams out of the children that were being sacrificed. Amen, I'm here to tell you we live in a day, amen, where you better pray for your kids, love your kids, amen, seek the things of God for your kids, amen, because we're living in a day when this world that we live in is willing to sacrifice their lives and sacrifice their futures on their own altar, amen, to make them, amen, bound to them, amen. I'm here to tell you as a church, we must not bow, we must not be bound, amen. We must stand strong on the word of truth and with faith, believing in God, believing in his word. I'm here to tell you, when I read things like that, it makes my blood boil. I don't understand how people could do such things like that. Amen. I don't understand how they could take their children and sacrifice them and put them on altars, time the altars, or put them in fire to sacrifice them unto gods that do not even live. Hear me tonight. We're living in a world today where the cries and the screams of the children are being drowned out, amen, by a PC culture and everything else that's going on around us. But I'm here to tell them, I'm here to tell you that judgment day's coming. There is a God that's coming. There's a God that they're going to have to reckon with. There's a God that's going to make a, 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 a decision down the road, amen, about the judgment of this world, this society, and this people. You cannot abandon God without creating a living hell. And I'm here telling you right now, in our country, let me tell you, saints of God, amen, understand this. If this country, amen, abandons God, amen, all they're doing is creating a living hell. Hear me tonight. Amen. We cannot give in. We cannot just say, oh, well, that's the way it's going to go. We cannot say, well, that's just the way it is. Amen. Because it makes no difference how wicked mankind gets. I'm telling you, the darker it gets, the brighter the church is going to shine. Amen. The power of God. Amen. Is in the church. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, let it ring out real loud. Clap your hands, all your people. Shout with a voice of triumph. Pastor, this ain't a popular message. Well, I'm here to tell you right now I'm fed up with what you call popular messages. Amen. I want you to know, 
Our current social scene, amen, presses this terrifying reality home with its unprecedented violence, with its ravaging drug addiction, amen, with the flagrant moralizing of what God calls immoral, amen, things that they justify, God says an abomination. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I'm not going to side with those things that are an abomination to God, amen. I'm going to side with the Word of God. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to believe the Word of God. Come on, clap your hands. God's still on the throne. He hasn't gone anywhere. But he is taking notice what's going on in our world today. Amen. So I want to serve them notice right now. You may block it out. You might laugh at it. Uh, you might make fun of it. Uh, and you might think it's not necessary. And you might think Christianity is full of cuckoos. Amen. But you go on and believe what you're going to believe. Uh, amen. Because one day when the trump of God sounds, uh, amen, and, uh, and the dead in Christ rise first, uh, amen, you might not miss them. Uh, but when we, which are alive, remain, uh, are caught up together to meet them in the air, you're going to miss us. Uh, you'll take note then uh, because you'll notice uh, that there's a whole lot of people that's vacated the premises of this earth. Come on, don't you give up now. This is not time to go backwards. This is time to go forward. This is not time to give up on th- give up things or, or time to take on things that you shouldn't. It's time to give up things that you need to get rid of. Oh, come on. I didn't get a, I didn't get a big clap on that one. Come on. You got to look at devil and I and say, I'm not backing up one inch, one iota. I'm going to keep on fighting. Amen. You might come after me, but I'm still going to pray and talk to God. I'm still going to church and I'm going to still sing. Amen. I don't care what goes on. I'm going to still have a song. Jude tells us that Enoch was a prophet or seer and even quotes from a then-known record of Enoch's prophecies. Amen. Let me say this. While I do not have a valid record of Enoch's utterances, Enoch did embed one of his prophecy in Methuselah's name. When he dies, he said, it shall come. Or when he dies, it shall be sent. While we do not give canonical authority to the book of Enoch, most scholars agree that Methuselah's name points Toward the great flood that occurred in the days of Noah and at the death of Methuselah. In essence, when Methuselah died, the flood came. You see, Enoch's foreknowledge of the coming flood was a thing that I believe that that precipitated his 300 journey, his 300 year walk with God. The writer of Hebrews tells us before he was taken, he had a testimony that he pleased God, but without faith, it's impossible please him he had a testimony let me tell you what don't let anybody steal your testimony don't let the devil come in your life and steal your testimony come on we got enough things going on in the church world right now that people are looking at and, 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 and things that are happening with people hey man I'm here to tell you right now man we are man we are human man can fail you come on let me say it again man can fail you But God will never fail you. So get your eye off a man. Get your eyes back on God. It's like that old song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
He's the one that's got the grace, the mercy. Man can't do it for you, but God can. Amen. So, so, so stop believing in men. Now, now you follow men. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. But if something happened to Paul, the church was still going to make it. Amen. If something happens, uh, amen, to a preacher, the church is still going to make it. Don't let anything in this world stop you from believing in the things of God. Keep that testimony. I want to please God. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That word. So in view of the fact that Enoch did not have a Bible, right? Come on, he didn't have a Bible. Everybody say Enoch didn't have a Bible. Then I've got to conclude that he had to have an encounter with God. And I believe it was that encounter that changed the direction of his life. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, have you had an an encounter recently with God? (laughs) Brother Howard, sometimes we feel like it's just all going to be there on a silver platter. But in reality, we have to have an encounter with God. No encounter with God. As far as I'm concerned, no God. Not going to be there for you. You have to have an encounter with God. you gotta, you got to be disciplined about that. You, 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 you've got to come to the place to where you've you got to say, this must happen in my life, whether I feel like it or whether I don't feel like it. You and I have to be intentional about this encounter with God. So, it was that encounter, I believe, that changed his direction. 65 years, he's going long. Life, as usual, everything going on at that day and time. And then all of a sudden, boom, Methuselah. And something happened. And the next 300 years, He walked with God. Now, listen to me when I say this. The only way this generation can have a true testimony is to have that encounter with God. Look, you know, please just hear me when I say this. Because I've lived lived long enough to know that when we did everything as a kid growing up, it was Monday through Friday. Saturday, you could do some things. You could still go to the grocery on Saturday. You could still get gas on Saturday. But I remember a day when you could not buy gas on a Sunday. You say, well, Pastor, how would you know that you were young? Because there's been several times that we ran out of gas at the bottom of West Milltown Hill, and we had to walk the mile or mile and a half home with my mom fuming and my dad laughing. With my mom said, Vernon Nelson, I told you you should have gassed up yesterday. And some of those times was in snow where we walking up to our knees, walking up 122 Hill to get home, where dad would have a gas can and then would come back and put gas in the car and get home. Amen. There, there, you, you, back then, you didn't have ball on Sundays. Don't get quiet on me now. 
You didn't have ball on Sundays. You didn't have anything else on Sundays because back then, most people went to church. Not no more. Not no more. I submit to you because society has changed in many ways that way that they've got themselves so busy that now it's just kind of put God out of the picture. Amen. I'll catch them next week. I'll get to church next week. Amen. Next week turns into two weeks. And then the next two weeks turns into a month. And then all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Man, I forgot. We got vacation, so we're going to be gone for another week and a half or two weeks. And then you get back, something else pops up. And the next thing you know, you're two and three months out of church. Let me tell you right now, we need to say, you know what, I got to be in the house of God. Come on, don't get quiet on me tonight. Amen. I'm preaching. I'm preaching about the coming of the Lord. We got to get ready. We got to get ready. We can't, we can't sit idly by. Enoch's faith, our word, persuaded heart, produced 300-year walk with God. Every day for 300 years, Enoch walked with God. Amen. While the world around him, listen to me. Now, 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 get the picture of his world and then think about our world. While the world around, world around him slid deeper and deeper into wickedness. Why? How, how do we know that? Because God said. Amen. While that was all going on, Enoch walked with God. While they change one government to the next government, this senator or that senator or this congressman or that congressman or whoever it might be in the local or whatever, wherever, whatever government or the school board or whoever it might be, while they changed all of those different things and things started changing, Enoch walked with God. Though friends ridiculed him, Though family ridiculed him, though he wasn't popular at work, they ridiculed him. He walked with God. Come on, somebody shout, he walked with God. Why don't you shout right now, I'm going to walk with God. Come on, say it again, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk with God. No matter what goes on around me, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to tell you what. Hey, man, I'm not really impressed with people that can talk to talk, but they can't walk to walk. Come on now, somebody say praise the Lord. Hey, Amen, because a lot of people can talk to talk, don't walk to walk. The reason why is because they don't, they don't know what the word commitment means. They don't know what dedication is. There's a lot of people who can talk the Bible as good as the best preachers out there, but they don't live it. They don't walk it. They have no commitment. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't follow people like that. Hey Amen. I'm not, in, I'm, I'm, I'm not impressed with men or women, uh, for that matter, in sports world uh, that, can, that can accomplish great things. Uh, amen. But yet they have no morals. But yet we'll lift them up and we'll encourage our kids to idolize them. What's wrong with us? They'll, 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 they'll listen to music. They'll listen to music that's ungodly. 
They'll listen to things that, that definitely does nothing for their spirituality. Uh, amen. It don't, it don't set them on a godly path for sure, but yet we'll let them listen to it. We'll let them watch whatever they want to watch. Uh, we'll let them get onto all the different social medias, uh, amen, and all these different things uh, and do what they want to do and then expect them to grow up loving God. If you haven't noticed it yet, I'm pretty wound up tonight. Because I see, the way the, I see the way the world's going, and I see the way our young people are going. I, amen. The Bible says that the young will turn against the old. I, I'm telling you, we're seeing it happen in our day and time. Children turn against their parents. My God, what's wrong with this world? No morals. Yet we lift them up in our conversations as though, as though they're, you know, some God. Amen. Put it this way. A lot of times we'll, we'll mention their name more than we even mention Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God, you cut that thing off yet? We will lift them up. Now, let me say this to you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not downing them as people. Amen. They can be saved. Amen. God can change their life. But the things they stand for and the things they talk about, amen, and the, and the direction they want to drive our world and our country, that's not, a, that's not of God. And if it's not of God, I'm not for it. You ready for the next one? I'm not impressed with people who can sing the glory down on Sunday night and cuss a blue streak on Monday. <laughs> That's right. I'm not impressed with that. I'm not impressed with people that claim to be a Christian and then lives a life, lifestyle that's, that's not Christian. Amen. Want to sing in the choir? You got to change your life. You know, I can't, I can't, just the same with me. Amen. We got to live. We got to live it. Amen. And if, I, if I've got things in my life that, that, that you know, shortcomings, then I'm gonna, I want to straighten them out. I want to make them right. Amen. Amen. Like road rage. Come on. We all got those little, those little what do you call them things? Uh, I'll put fallacies. We got those little things. But I'm not impressed with people who can sing the glory down and then their lifestyle is, you know. You don't need to be on a platform. You don't need a Sunday school classroom. You don't need to be, you don't need to be, you need to be in an altar. Pray through. Get right with God. Realize who you are. You know, whose you are. <laughs> Amen. I heard a guy say on the radio the other day, he said, it's not about who you are, it's about whose you are. Amen. Amen. Understand that. We are an ambassador of the kingdom. Amen. And I want when people look at us, I want them to see Christ in us, the hope of glory. I want them to see uh, the body of Christ. So I could go on with a lot of things I'm not impressed with. But I will say this. I am impressed with people who will faithfully serve God. Amen. 
day in and day out. I am impressed with with people that have served God for 50, 60, and 70 years. Uh, Amen. And they stayed with it. Uh, Amen. Young people, let me tell you what. That's the example you need to look to. Amen. Come on. That's the example you need to look to. I must admit, sister friend, I don't mean to bring you up, but when I see you here and when you go to leave, I do ask the question, did she drive tonight or did somebody bring her? No, here's the only reason why I say that, because it scares me half to death. Amen. When she gets behind that wheel. So today, I had him take her out to the car. And uh, if you don't mind me saying this, Sister Friend, I'm just going to say it. I'm done, I've done dug myself in, so I might as well say it. So I'm going to leave. And I thought, mm, isn't Sister Friend supposed to be in the front seat of that car? And she was in the back seat. And I'm thinking, hmm. So I drove around the parking lot. I come back around by Sister Tiffany and Brother Tommy. And Brother Tommy get out of the car. And Sister Moody was sitting there. And they rode the window down. And I'm thinking, what's going on? And then they told me, said, well, Sister Friend's door was shut, froze shut or whatever. She couldn't open it. So Tommy got it open for her. About that time, here she comes climbing out the back seat. I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. We don't have to call nobody right now. Hallelujah. But somebody that's lived for, how long have you lived for God, sister friend? How long has it been? You're 87. So look at that. She's 87. She was baptized when she's eight. Young people, that's what you look to. Some of our older saints, bless their hearts, Sister Moody, Sister Ham's not here tonight, but a lot of these older folks that's lived for God for a long time, you need, to, you need to hone in on that and say, you know what? If they can make it, I can make it. If they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> oh, clap your hands, all your people. Shout with the voice of triumph. Understand that those kind of people pray when nobody else shows up. Amen. When nobody else is praying or everybody, they're the ones praying. Amen. They served others even when it was not convenient for them to do it. Amen. They've given to others even when they went without. Come on now. They prayed new believers through the baptism of the Holy Ghost when everybody else went out to eat. Amen. They've taken the enemy's best shots down through the years, but yet they're still standing. And I'm here to tell you tonight, Enoch's encounter with God lasted beyond, beyond the last Monday. What he experienced and what he believed was so real that it kept him walking right for 300 years. And I'm here to tell you tonight, we need a generation uh, that's going to endure, amen, in the midst uh, of an evil and wicked generation. We must endure. If he can do it in the midst of a hostile generation and environment, you and I can do it as well. Amen. Because I believe we're living in the rapture generation. Amen. Of Adam, the scripture says, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. 
Concerning Seth, we are told all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. Scripture tells us that Enos, Canaan, Mahalel, and Jared, Enoch's father, they all died. However, when it comes to Enoch, we're, we're told so all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. <laughs> Amen. It's like Elijah just walking along and all of a sudden God came for him. You know the story, I won't go into it right now, but I'm here to tell you tonight, you and I have to realize, amen, that that day is upon us. It's coming down the pike, and we've got to be ready. We've got to have a relationship. We've got to walk with God. I've got to quit. Everyone else in Enoch's, Enoch's tree died. His genealogy, but Enoch's life on earth and his walk with God ended in what might be termed a mini rapture, if I can say it. He was not, for God took him. Now, I may be wrong, and I'm certainly not attacking divine inspiration to this statement, attaching divine inspiration to this statement, but could Enoch be an Old Testament picture of the generation that we see? Harpazo, Harpazo the rapture of the church. If so, then that generation will consist of people who have had a life-changing encounter Life-changing encounter. Say it with me. Life-changing encounter. Turn to your neighbor and say, have you had that yet? Life-changing encounter. Amen. That generation will have that kind of people who's had that life-changing encounter with God who are consistently walking with God in the midst of a hostile environment. Folks, we live in a hostile environment. I'm not talking about people going out and talking about I'm talking about in the spiritual world and people are turning to that that's what they're doing, they're losing sight of God they're giving up on God Amen. they're, they're, they're putting God out of their lives but the Bible says that Enoch walked with God how did it start? it's commencement he had an encounter it speaks of his consistency for 300 years. Consistency. How many has a problem with consistency? Don't raise your hand. And it's consummation, the ending. What was it? He was not for God took him. I'm here to tell you tonight, that's the way it's going to be for the church. You, we, we just need to be determined that we're going to walk with Him. We're going to live for Him. Amen. We're going to be what He wants us to be because I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be dedicated to it. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can. And, and, and when, my, when my flesh gets out of line, I'm going to spiritually slap it back in place. Let me ask you questions. And I close with this as we stand together. Listen to me for a moment. i got some questions. The first question I have for us is how, how is our walk going this evening? Let me ask you this. Have you started? The next question, have you stopped to rest? Have you got sidetracked somewhere? Got your mind on other things? 
Does the encounter you had possibly need a little refreshing? Don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. Don't put your repentance off to tomorrow. That which you can print for, repent for right now. Come on, you just I'm just being straight up with you today. Right? Amen. Do you have enough heart persuasion to last 300 years? If it starts getting tough, coming down the pike really tough, do you have what it takes? That intestinal fortitude, that spiritual intestine, that thing that says, you know what, no matter how bad it gets, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live for God. Let me ask you another question. Has this depraved, immoral world begun to influence you? Huh? I know that's hard. But I'm here to tell I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Ah. If we're going to, as the scripture said, go on, I believe we need a fresh encounter with the Almighty God. I believe we do. Now, I've preached for probably about 40 minutes. But I'm here to tell you tonight, every minute was important because it's the Word of God. And only, only what we do for Christ is going to last. That's it. Nothing else matters. Because I'm going to tell you something right now, friend. I do not want to be on this side of heaven when the rapture takes place. Mm -mm. No. 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 No, I want that phone to just keep on ringing when people call my cell phone or call my house. I want, I want that voice machine just to fill up where nobody can leave any more messages or my phone to fill up. I just keep on calling. Come down here, look for me. I'm not going to be here. Come to my house. I'm not going to be there. You can have it. In fact, if you want to move in, you can have it. It's got all the furniture, the bed, and all that kind of stuff. Bathrooms that work. <clears throat> Refrigerator that works. AC, not brand, it's pretty brand new last year. I mean, we got it all works. So if 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 we're gone and the rapture says you're still here, you're more than welcome to move into it. We laugh about that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. I don't want to be here. I do not want to be here when that time comes. Nope. I'm not interested in that. So I want. I'm gonna do everything I can. I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure I'm living for God and I'm right. I want my spirit right. I want my attitude right. I want my, my, I want my children saved. I want my grandchildren saved. Amen. My wife was just talking today about fasting and picking up the fast again because she, she wants her kids saved and her grandkids saved. And, and if you've got kids or grandkids, you understand, you worry about them. You worry about the world that we're bringing them up in. For crying out loud. This world is going down. I want, I, want, I want my children and my grandchildren, I want the church, I want you, I want me, I want us to go up. I'm going to open these altars right now. I'm going to sing something. We're going to sing something. Hey Amen. I want you to come. I want you to find a place to pray. you got to pray. Listen to If you don't listen to your pastor that often, listen to him now. You need to make things. You need to have an encounter with God. You need to walk after God. Listen to me tonight. You need to walk after God. Come on, listen to me tonight. You need to walk after God. 
You don't want to be on the, on the wrong side of this when God comes for his church. If nothing else, come on. Pray for your kids. Pray for the prodigals. Pray for your, your family. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Come on, pray for your children, grandchildren. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for your work associates. In the name of Jesus, we call on you, God. We call on you, God. We call on you, God. Once again. 